Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, August 1st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, as the five-year anniversary of Michael Brown's death approaches, some believe the past 12 months showcased big political and policy gains in St. Louis County government and modest advances in Jefferson City. Some areas we are working together. White and black people are working together to heal those wounds. It's just not big enough. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum takes stock of how Ferguson activism is maneuvering through the halls of government. First, the news. A task force says every Missouri school should have an armed guard to protect students from mass shootings. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney has more on a just-released school safety report. The panel, formed by Governor Mike Parson in March, recommends every school either employ a uniformed school resource officer or armed staff to prevent school shootings. Missouri law allows for educators to carry concealed weapons after undergoing a training program. Last summer, a school district used the school protection officer law for the first time. Other rural districts have armed teachers through a private security firm. Late last year, a federal task force on school safety also encouraged more armed adults in schools. Missouri's panel also calls for the creation of a statewide school safety coordinator. It encourages more mental health resources for students and trauma-informed training for teachers. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed a measure banning employers from asking about previous salaries during a job interview. Pritzker says it should help close the gender wage gap. We are declaring that one's history should not dictate one's future. That no person should be held back from earning their true value because of how much money they were paid in a previous job. Former Governor Bruce Rauner vetoed the measure twice. He was concerned it would hurt businesses, but sponsors say they can educate business owners about the new provisions which will go into effect in September. The Missouri Mining Company plans to soon reopen an old mine at the Madison County Mines Superfund site in southern Missouri. It's about 100 miles south of St. Louis. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the company expects to create up to 700 jobs by redeveloping the location for cobalt mining. The Madison Mine in Fredericktown hasn't been active since the 1960s. The lead mining that occurred there contributed to contamination that turned a large portion of the county into a Superfund site. Missouri Mining bought the mine last year. Its subsidiary, Environmental Operations, will hire workers to clean up the site this winter. And another subsidiary, Missouri Cobalt, will reopen the mine. But it's not certain when the mine will begin operating. Missouri Cobalt expects to hire up to 400 temporary workers and create 250 permanent jobs at the operation. Madison Mine is a part of the Environmental Protection Agency's program to reuse toxic waste sites. It reaches 20th anniversary this week. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. In the five years that have followed Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, some say meaningful political and policy change proved elusive throughout the St. Louis region. Yet the past 12 months have showcased big policy gains in St. Louis County government and some modest advances in Jefferson City. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum takes stock of how Ferguson activism is trickling up into the halls of government. Many people around the country saw Michael Brown's death in Ferguson as the catalyst behind a new national civil rights movement. Yet in the years that followed, activists around St. Louis had to watch preferred candidates lose elections and some demands for policy change go unmet. But St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell has a message for those who contend that nothing meaningful occurred here in the last five years. I would say, with all due respect, me sitting in this office now would be evidence of change. And in my opinion, obviously, positive change. Fueled by an alliance of largely black North St. Louis County and the majority white Central Corridor, Bell upended Bob McCullough who was in office when a grand jury decided not to charge former Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. After running on a promise to overhaul the county's criminal justice system, Bell is pushing for expanded diversion programs and set up a unit within his office to look into instances when a police officer uses deadly force. We want to make sure that you're treated fairly, and, and, and I think people are tired of, 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 the, of the reputation that St. Louis has as being one of the most segregated communities, and, and that we're we're perceived as having all these racial issues when there are a lot of good people who live in this community. Change isn't just limited to Bell's office. Ferguson demonstrators like Rasheen Aldridge have been pleased with how St. Louis County Executive Sam Page embraced housing, criminal justice, and policing policies that languished under Steve Stanger's administration. This comes as Aldridge noted how younger people who either participated in or were inspired by the Ferguson protest movement got elected to state and local offices. We're trying to do something different. Um, we're coming in loud, we're coming in strong, and we may not be coming in like the good old boys just trying to play along and get along. Progress has been slower in Jefferson City, where the GOP-controlled legislature has been hesitant to adopt changes to how police officers do their jobs. But Senator Carla May says she saw some movement this session in the criminal justice arena. The St. Louis Democrat pointed to how she was able to work with very conservative Republicans on paring down mandatory minimum sentences. Some areas we are working together. White and black people are working together to heal those wounds. It's just not big enough. As May alluded to, many people throughout St. Louis don't believe the changes demanded on the streets of Ferguson have had a big enough impact throughout the halls of government. The most glaring setback may be in national politics, where Donald Trump wrote a bellicose rejection of the Ferguson protest movement as part of his successful pitch for the presidency. Closer to home, former State Representative Bruce Franks encountered a wall of frustration when transitioning from being a Ferguson protester to serving in the Missouri House. The St. Louis Democrat was appalled by infighting among African-American political officials and dismayed that black political leaders and progressive-minded white activists couldn't band together to win major city offices. We keep wondering why change hasn't come. Um, Because we're changing leadership, we're not changing leadership at the top. We're not changing the leadership at the top of the city, at the top of the state, at the top of our, our national politics, right? Gauging progress throughout the St. Louis region through election results or enacted policies may be a deceiving metric. It took a lot longer than five years for housing and educational racial segregation to fester and for racism and distrust to take hold among ordinary residents here. That's why some believe that politics is only part of a solution to a problem that spanned generations. Part of the path forward, according to Kareem Tefpo Jackson, is getting St. Louis residents more aware of black history and culture. I think that political engagement goes so far beyond just voting. And um, 
if, if you're looking for voting to be the sole mechanism to spark change in your immediate life, then you're going to be waiting forever. Bell says that residents need to continue to have uncomfortable conversations about inequity and systematic racism. These issues have to be addressed as more than just African-American or black and brown problems. They have to be addressed for what they are, American problems. Whether people around St. Louis take heed of Bell's advice may determine if the political and policy change that so many demanded in 2014 can expand beyond the St. Louis County Prosecutor's Office and into the rest of the region, state, and nation. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. If you like this podcast, write a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also drop me a note on Twitter, at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.